All right, glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza? 71 days until you are the ultimate jury. A lot to get to. We begin the RNC convention tonight. Uh, Right as my show, you see my face, the convention starts. It's a little scary. You would think Hannity's opening the convention. Did you hear that? Hannity said he's opening the convention. Media mob would just go nuts. The little heads would, you know, spin around in circles, and then they'd projectile vomit, you know, green uh, puke, because that's who they are. They just, they lie. They all lie. The number of lies, you know, Linda and I were talking about this, and we're kind of, we're just laughing about it, that have been told about me in just the last year alone. Like, yeah, typical day. A friend of mine sends me something. I said, yeah, it's a lie. Uh, and I go, uh, basically just a typical day of my life. Um, and there is just a, a rage. There is a psych- psychosis bordering on a breakdown, specifically among the meteor mob, that just cannot take it, cannot stand Donald Trump so much. It is every bit of effort, attention, blood, sweat, tears to to not have to choke on the words in 71 or two days, depending what time the election might be called, or maybe in the 79 days, uh, which should concern everybody. We'll get to that later in the program today. Uh, that we can project Donald J. Trump has been reelected the 45th president of the United States. That Look, it's all on the line here. All of it. There is This is not hyperbole. And it's funny, maybe the one thing that we that I agree on with the Democrats and after their totally pathetic and weak, uh, really low rated convention week, because it was it was dull beyond anything I've ever seen for a convention. Um, and why? It's pretty simple. What they ignore the, the, the violence in the country. They just ignore it Four straight nights of coverage. They ignore it completely. And and then, of course, there's mostly rage and hatred towards Donald Trump towards. And by the way, when they hate Trump, remember, they also hate you. They hate all of us. We, you know, smelly Trump supporting Walmart shopper, irredeemable deplorables, the 15 percent, as Joe refers to them uh, as. So I think and, and very little. I mean, they, they they had moments where they talked about their radical agenda. AOC had one full minute. Bolshevik Bernie, probably the most honest of everybody, this is the most pragmatic and progressive, uh, meaning left-wing radical socialist uh, platform in the history of this country. I Finally, we've, the party has gone crazy like me. Kind of, he's short, speaks in these, you know. Anyway, he's like hiccup speaking. It's funny, uh, his particular style. Anyway, so... I think you're going to see a lot. I, I think you will hear. Uh, no, we're not a perfect country, but we have the Constitution. If it's listened to the rule of law didn't happen in 2016, did it? That allows us always to right wrongs, correct injustices to become a more perfect union, which is what every American united should strive for. Uh, yeah, the words under God are in the pledge. I think a few people forgot last week. Um, so I think you can see very different American exceptionalism, American greatness. I think this is going to be the biggest contrast in terms of conventions that maybe we'll ever see in our lifetime. I know uh, 
I, I just can't imagine, based on what we're hearing about what's going to happen uh, at the Republican convention, that it's going to be any be anything other than that. And anyway, so they have a very specific agenda that's going to be laid out. What is their agenda on jobs? What is their agenda to help business? What is their agenda to increase wages and, and enact more fair trade deals to protect American jobs? What is, uh, you know, how do we bring manufacturing back? What is, what are the advancements in terms of COVID and, of course, therapeutics and the status of, of the final phase human trials of vaccines and energy independence? Uh, and, of course, ending all reliance on China because we learned how unreliable they are and have been for a long time. The only person that was out there in front on China was a guy by the name of Donald J. Trump. Anyway, what, how do we we deal with the health care crisis in large part caused by the disaster known as Obamacare? Millions losing their doctors, their plans and and. You know, all of us paying on average 200% more. How do we get lower prices, prescription drugs? President has said over and over and over again, pre-existing conditions will be protected in spite of Democratic rhetoric. Um, how do you lower the, co- well, we've discussed that in detail. Healthcare savings accounts, uh, accounts, our friend, Dr. Josh Umber, healthcare cooperatives. How do we, how do we fix our dilapidated, broken down school system in the country? Well, school choice would be a good start. Why do the Democrats and teachers unions resist it? Uh, Because they have an unholy alliance. Teachers unions guarantee to give X millions and millions of dollars to Democrats, help them stay in power. And they get to perform at a level that is unconscionably, I mean, awful. And they're taking away the, you know, what is the the ladder to success for so many of our kids, especially in, in big cities all across this country. Yeah, the ones where all the violence that's taking place that they ignored last week, too. Uh, yeah, we spend more per capita on education than any other country on the face of the earth. And you'd be up 37th or 40th in terms of where we stand for the money we spend. What about policing in this country? What about draining the swamp forever? How do we literally clean it out once and for all and protecting our borders and protecting American workers and innovation and an America first foreign policy that has served the president well. The theme for the Republican National Convention is going to be honoring the great American story. And it's going to be told by a lot of great Americans. Now, you're going to have speakers, I think most of them tonight. But you'll, you'll have people that are speaking from, from the world of politics. But then you're going to have others. I have the list in front of me. We can go through it a little later in the program. It's going to be very interesting to hear from a lot of people. Um, the president, I'm told, will be speaking a little bit in my hour as the convention gets kicked off. We'll carry that live and in total for you, um, which I think will be interesting. But Monday theme, land of promise. Tuesday theme, land of opportunity. Wednesday theme, the land of heroes. Thursday theme, the land of greatness. Wow. Pretty amazing. Um, so it's interesting. All right. So we've been going through. So the first interview by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris was given to David Muir, ABC. And I, I'm, I, I, it almost was unwatchable to me. They, they attempt to like publicly bury the hatchet. 
you know, as as Kamala calls uh, her previous attacks on him just a distraction. Well, let's go back in time and remind you of what the distraction is, because they were in the middle of a debate and she it was a takedown on Joe Biden, a uh, cozying up and praising former Klansmen, praising the guy that filibustered the Civil Rights Act of 64 and then partnering, you know, years later. As it relates to stopping integration of schools, because he didn't want his own kids going to schools uh, that he defined that were, quote, racial jungles. That's what he said. And let's just you know, let, let's just first remind you of of the what happened in the primary. Believe and it's personal. And I was actually very it was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. That little girl was me. Let's go last night. Let's listen to Kamala Harris defending a lot of uh, Joe Biden and listen. So when you have a running mate who makes a comment like you ain't black, leads some people to say he just doesn't get it. Have you been able to speak truth to him about that? Listen, when Joe and I talked about the state of black America, He has a deep sense of awareness and knowledge about racial disparities, inequities, and systematic racism. And Joe speaks the words and actually knows how to say the words, Black Lives Matter. Contrary to what the President of the United States, the current President of the United States does, which is to sow hate and division full-time and has never spoken those words and will never speak the words Black Lives Matter. You can talk to Joe. He has been outspoken on those issues. And I know where his heart is. I know where his heart is. Very different. You know, and I'm, I'm just watching this whole thing and Biden and Kamala attempting to, to bury this hatchet last night. Oh, it's a distraction. Uh, that was said during a debate, she said, I guess, to one of the late night hosts. And, you know, but she attacked him on, OK, supporting segregationist and being opposed to and working with a former Klansman on integration of schools. And, you know, that's that's when she called him out on the debate stage. You know, she also attacked him of being a distraction, you know, from a from the task at hand, the Democratic debate. It's not a distraction, Kamala. No, that that's how you felt. You wrote that line. You memorized that line and you delivered that line in a pretty fierceful way. Tough way to your credit. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, you know, on Trump's support against uh, attacks on poor Joe. And the strength on Joe Biden, you know, on the on how strengthens Harris to be vice president. I mean, it's oh, I love Joe and I love Kamala. Kamala loves Joe. Joe loves Kamala. That's what I saw last night. Not the hard hitting questions that I'm even the, the simple things that I go on. All right. They did ask about the mental capacity of Joe Biden. Oh, 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 oh. I, I'm just not buying it. I, my eyes are not deceiving me. There's something wrong here in terms of he looks tired. 
frail and weak. And he's having way too many moments, if you will, whatever you want to call them. That goes to his ability to do this job. And he's saying that he wants to do this for eight years, not just four years. You know, watch me. That was his big answer yesterday. You know, he said he'd absolutely consider for running for a second term if he gets elected. Left open the possibility of an eight-year presidency. Uh, he did regret the "you ain't black" remark. Where, where's the comment about racial jungle? Retract that too. I didn't see that part. I'll admit my appetite was getting low by that point for watching this garbage. Uh, anyway, lot to get to. Seventy-one days. You're the ultimate jury. By the way, I had to kill Linda, the New York Times yesterday to print it. You know, there it's a it wonderful is. thing. Yeah, Hannity, live free or die. America, truth, the world truth has arrived. Maybe they'll yeah. maybe they'll read a couple of pages and remember well, what the First to, Amendment's about. You you have to sell like a million more copies than a liberal. Trust me. Oh, I've, trust me. It's more like two million. Well, not not that's not that many. That's hyperbole on our part. But anyway, thank you. Uh, live free or die. America, the world on the brink. Forty percent off Amazon.com today. If you want to uh, get your copy, bookstores everywhere. Barn, uh, books a million. Barnes and Noble. Or Costco, just Sean Walmart. Hannity book dot com. Costco's Walmart or Sean All right, as we uh, roll along, Sean Hannity Show eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? There is, there is more lies being told about voter voting by mail. Now there's no voter fraud. What about the one thousand eighty eight proven instances that we've been telling you about? What about the nine hundred and forty nine criminal convictions? That have taken place. Um, you you look at, you know, the fact that the president offered ten billion dollars and the Democrats went on vacation for the Postal Service, their horrific treatment of the, the postmaster general. Um, all that money was offered. They, they decided to go home rather than deal with it. It's, you know, this it's a conspiracy. Donald Trump is trying to stop voting. If I was at the DNC convention last week, I would have needed a photo ID uh, to get in every day. They ignore the Philly fraud case where literally former Democratic Congress stuffing the ballots in Philadelphia, a New Jersey bail in uh, a mail-in ballot scheme that was also exposed that included council members, one even elected official. West Virginia literally nabs a mail-in, a mail carrier in a mail-in ballot scheme. Oh, I thought this didn't happen. Or California voter fraud, what they call the Skid Row case. Um, legal, uh, non-legal Illinois residents, they say, voting. In other words, non citizens registering to vote in Illinois, Alabama absentee fraud, and it goes on and on and on, and they lie and say, oh, it's not a problem. America and the world on the brink uh, had to kill the New York Times to print. It was number one uh, in the print edition this week, but what are you going to do? Poor them. Um, what's fascinating is when you look at the real clear politics average, there's not a bounce at all in terms of Joe Biden. Uh, this is going to be a much different week. It starts right at 9 p.m. Eastern when I come up on Hannity on, on the Fox News channel. Um, this is going to be a convention that is going to have patriotic programming. I'm told I'm giving you every bit of inside uh, information I have. It's going to be Joe Biden's and the Democrats 
vicious attacks, they will there will be counterattacks. There will be, in other words, truth will be told. Uh, you know, it was weird. Um, I saw Obama said Biden's goals are not that different from Bernie Sanders. He said in an interview, if you look at Joe Biden's goals and Bernie Sanders goals, they're not that different uh, from a, a 40,000 foot level. He said they both want to make sure everyone has health care. Everyone has a can get a job, pays a living wage. OK, um, you see, I, I, I've gone through how I don't think Clinton, Bill Clinton could get elected president on, on the positions he held when he ran in 1992. And I don't based on, you know, some of Barack Obama's positions, I don't think he could get elected. Would he hold those positions? No, I think he hit his radicalism. I think Hillary hit her radicalism. But, you know, remember, Bernie Sanders was an outlier. He was an outcast. He was a, an annoyance in many ways, even an embarrassment to the Democratic Party. And he was tolerated and, you know, barely tolerated at that and accepted because they needed his vote as often as they could get it. It's just a fact. So but now he's the mainstream of this new radical socialist Democratic Party. L.A. Mayor Biden's economic plan is the most progressive we will see in our lifetimes. Eric Garcetti saying that. He's, but isn't the slogan right. build back, back better? Wouldn't you need to, if that's your slogan, uh-huh. explain how you're going to do it? Joe Biden mentioned the economy four times. Economic was a phrase used four uh-huh. times. Mentions five million jobs, but didn't say how he was going to do it. Why not emphasize that? We, we have been talking to a blue in the face about the most progressive and most expansive economic plan that we will see in our, I think, our lifetimes in America. So anyway, it's I mean, OK, in that sense, the more liberal Democrats that are radical socialists that are willing to say it, they they're we, But you can see the agenda. We heard Bolshevik Bernie last week. We heard AOC last week. We heard Biden last week. We know Kamala Harris. OK, she introduced uh, and co-sponsored Medicare for All in the Senate. She also uh, was a co-sponsor of the radical Green New Deal. So we we see the team that he has now surrounded himself with. What's unprecedented about this is I, I think that both Bill Clinton and Barack Obama would be two people that were smart enough to realize their there has to be some outreach to the center of the country, ignoring rioting all over the country. I don't think is a really good idea. The reason I believe they decided not to bring it up is because, well, they're on record. Now, Biden is denying it last night that he would defund the police. No, no. But he said he would reallocate funds away. And Kamala Harris praised the LAPD for the $150 billion, uh, million dollars in cuts out there. So, you know, one thing that Mark Meadows said this weekend, Trump accomplished more in the first hundred days than Biden has in 50 years. He said 40, but it's really 50. And that's true. He said it on Fox News Sunday. But he's barely passed two bills, one of which he's trying to way, run away from because of the, the left, which is the reference to the 94 cr- crime bill that he was behind. That's the predator uh, speech bill that, that Mark Meadows is referring to. And, you know, what's what's the other one is I can't even I don't even know what the other one is. What are the accomplishments? I've gone over chapter and verse the eight years of of Barack and Joe, their economic record, their eight years. The facts are in. You can't dispute them. Reality is what it is. And, you know, well, we were we inherited the worst economy ever. OK, well, it's the worst recovery since the 40s. And, you, you know, literally lowest labor participation rate. 
13 million more Americans on food stamps. Is that an accomplishment? You know, I would I would say getting jobs and creating jobs. That's the accomplishment. Because now everybody's invested in the American dream with hope and their own life and their own destiny and their own skills and their own talents. You know, so, uh, I mean, there's there's tr- you, you see little flashes of, wow, they, they can't get away from themselves. President even saying, yeah, if Biden's elected, China will own this country. Well, we already saw the relationship with China and the Bidens. How did zero experience Hunter get that one billion dollar Bank of China deal? You know, I would think Goldman Sachs and Deutsche Bank and any any of the big financial houses would be better candidates to partner with the Bank of China. You know, Biden said, remember, she was ignorant of his record in the debate uh, attack. Remember, he said that during the first debate when she just she memorized that line. She looked him dead in the eye. He turned away. She delivered the line that was written and prepared and memorized. And now they're best friends. It's a little disingenuous to me. Joe Biden was asked by Robin Roberts on his, well, you ain't black comment. And his answer, well, I shouldn't have said it. I think it's far more incendiary. The praise of the guy that's filibustered the Civil Rights Act of 64 or working with the former Klansman who filibustered the Civil Rights Act. and was against the Voting Rights Act. Uh, to work on stopping integration of schools because he didn't want his kids going to school in a racial jungle, his words. By the way, he's now again been accused of plagiarizing a Canadian politician this time, not Neil Kinnock. Remember the one there? Anyway, a, a CBC News you know, in, in Canada pointed out the similars on, a, on Twitter, not Biden's first brush with plagiarism. He also did it with Robert Kennedy. And British Party leader, Labor leader, Neil Kinnock. And why am I the first Kinnock in a thousand generations to be able to get to university? And Biden just did it word for word and kept going through the entire list. Now they're saying the exact same thing when he gave his, you know, teleprompter speech on Thursday night. Love is more powerful than hate. Hope is more powerful than fear. Light is more powerful than the dark. Okay. He said the Canadian politician, Jack Layton is his name. My friends, love is better than anger. Hope is better than fear. Optimism better than despair. I'll let you decide. Biden pledging no new taxes for anyone making under $400,000. It's not possible. Let me tell you what they're not telling you there. You know, businesses, yeah, that would be including them. Do I believe this number? Nope, because they were previously said differently. And when they implement and they spend the trillions on the new Green Deal and whatever new version of Obama Biden care or Medicare for all comes to fruition, he's pledging trillions to the new Green Deal, trillions to more health care. Well, he's the one, along with Barack Obama, responsible for millions losing their doctors, losing their plans, millions of Americans and everybody not saving a penny. Not on average $2,500 per family per year, but no, literally losing, you know, now paying 200% more on average. Almost 40% of this country, thanks to Biden-Obamacare, they have one option, one Biden-Obamacare health exchange option. Wow, I thought we were going to have so much choice. Well, we know that Kamala, she doesn't want any choice in health care. You can't have your own private plan. 
You know, he has t- dismisses his attacks on his mental fit. Just watch me. Well, the problem is we have been watching and we have been listening. Uh, he quoted Mao to uh, Robin Roberts, and she refused to push back or on the question. I'm not sure why. It's the second time in two months Biden used a quote made by made famous by uh, Chairman Mao. And, you know, when it when it came to women, calling it simple an old expression, he said, OK, but doesn't seem like that to me. You know, this Bill O'Reilly, I think in his newsletter, somebody sent it to me on his website, you know, was asked about it. And he said, yeah, OK, they did it. The questions were broad, no specifics, no follow ups course they didn't get the donald trump treatment you know why did you call the president xenophobic 10 days after the first identified case of coronavirus great questions why didn't you mention the growing street violence in your nomination speech how do you ignore that you know was there systemic racism during your administration what'd you do to address it i'd add to that why didn't you do criminal justice reform i'd add to that why didn't you do um, police reforms after Ferguson and Baltimore or Cambridge or any of these other high profile incidents. Why didn't you do it? Uh, well, you know, how is it you had so many millions more Americans on food stamps and in poverty? That's the result. How is it the worst recovery since the 40s? Why did you give the mullahs in Iran the chant death to America 150 billion in cash and other currencies? And you got nothing for it. What did you get for that? What did you get in exchange for that? Well, the plane takes off, drops the ca- drops the cash on the tarmac, plane leaves, and they're back to chanting death to America. You know, now rollout, blackouts all over the state of California. How's that new Green Deal working out there with those policies? I mean, okay. Kamala Harris. You said you believe those that accused both Brett Kavanaugh and Joe Biden. How can you run with somebody that you believe is guilty of that? Or how can you believe somebody uh, has chained or, you know, changed and you know his heart when you, you j- literally pounded on him during the primary debate about his associations with the former Klansman and praise of the former Klansman and then working with the former Klansman to stop the school integration? None of these questions are asked ever. Oh, what a shocker. Jeff Flake joining Former GOP members, part of the Democratic resistance. All these, so funny, for all these years I've just pondered and wondered, how many years have you heard me express my just utter frustration with the Republican Party have becoming weak and timid and spineless, lacking a backbone and visionless. It's disgusting, the, all the, all the, Phony votes, show votes to repeal and replace Obamacare. Then when they get their chance, oh, never mind. So pathetic. So, I mean, now you just, those are the ones now jumping ship and, and going with the pro-Biden Kamala, uh, Kamala Harris ticket. Crazy. But, you know, predictable. What are they going to do? I, it's funny because everything that Joe says he'll do on, on COVID, guess what? Donald Trump already did. Right? It was a great takedown by um, Mike Pence. I saw some interview. I forgot where he was. Pretty, pretty amazing takedown that he had. Uh, but, he, you know, pro- what about taxing the wealth? What is this redistribution? What is the danger of that? Well, as somebody that was financially independent, says I'm a pretty young kid and struggled, 
You know, I remember when I had 200 bucks in the bank, Old Stone Bank, Bank Warren, Rhode Island. That's where I kept my money. 200 bucks. That was my safety net, my own safety net. You know, paying rent and, you know, just doing any job I can get my hands on. But also worked for, since I was 12 in restaurants. Every job imaginable. Saved the money so I could go to college. Ran out of money, went back to work, then I went back to college again. Did that three separate times. Anyway, so I never got, I never worked for any restaurant owner that didn't have money to invest and buy the restaurant. I I always say I never got a job from a poor person. This rich versus poor, this old versus young, you know, black versus white. This is the playbook. I've, I've chronicled the history of this so many times over the years. And obviously the mob and the media, they just don't really care. At all. Um, anyway, the president went on a tear about mail-in ballots. And, you know, if he says, if I don't fight back strong, I wouldn't be sitting here. He's right about all of that. Americans continue to flee states with higher taxes. It was in the Epic Times. You know, states like New York, Illinois, California are bleeding residents. Just bleeding. Evidence is clear, according to Aflac. ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council, that competitive tax rates, thoughtful regulation, responsible spending lead to more opportunities for more Americans. 2019, Utah ranked number one for economic outlook, followed by Wyoming, Idaho, Indiana, North Carolina. According to, you know, by the way, some of the the problem, one of the lowest tax states is Florida. They have better infrastructure than they have in New York. I'll tell you that. Why are people? Because they're sick of it. My only fear is liberal New Yorkers and Californians and people from New Jersey and Illinois and Oregon and Washington State. They're going to take their they're going to take their liberal policies with them. That would be a bad idea. Because now they'll ruin the the new states they're going to. I don't that that prospect of that doesn't really. You know, is not really appealing to me. Glad you're with us. Thank you, Scott Shannon. Live free or die America and the world on the brink. And we're just 71 days away from what is the ultimate jury. And that will be you, the American people. And by the way, 40% off on Amazon. I love saying that. I'm, you know why? Because I'm a smelly Walmart shopper. They used to have it on sale, too. And Costco's and Target and Books a Million. And, you know, and that votes for Donald Trump. But look, that's why you have elections. As long as they don't try to steal it. Well, there's been plenty of cheating. We've gone through 1,000, however many convictions for election fraud. And by the way, a lot of it in recent years. So anyway, I'd like to know two things. One, I'd like to see Joe Biden and the president debate once before early voting in 16 states that is now scheduled to occur, you know, before the first debate on September the 29th. And I'd also like to see and have resolved everything that happened in 2016 in terms of let's see oh deep state actors comey and company and others so many others mccabe and those people that were involved in number one purposely protecting hillary clinton number two using a dirty russian bought and paid for dossier by one candidate in spite of all the warnings that they knew better to take away the rights of one american citizen carter page the constitutional rights and his civil liberties, and also 
what what else did they do? They they literally spied on a presidential candidate and the media mob doesn't care. I think we should know what happened in 2016 before we actually pull the lever in 2017 or whatever way you're voting. We have the Hannity.com electoral map uh, that tells you how to register, um, when does early voting starts, how do you do absentee vo- voting, all of that is on there. And it's interactive. Anyway, Carter Page, um, I had a chance to do a deep dive into his book this weekend. It's called Abuse and Power, How an Innocent American Was Framed in an Attempted Coup Against the President of the United States. And, you know, we had the testimony of what? Rod Rosenstein. We had the testimony of Sally Yates. Now we have the indictment of Kleinsmith. And both Rod Rosenstein and, and Sally Yates, who was speaking at the Democratic Convention, Fascinating, right? I guess you get rewarded for signing uh, FISA warrants with unverifiable information uh, as the bulk of information and take away people's rights to spy on a president at that point. Uh, Carter Page now gives his account. He worked for the CIA. He's an American patriot. The intelligence community knew all about it. We learned over the weekend the double standard that exists as it relates to the way the deep state treated Hillary Clinton and what they believed to be outside interference from Russia and others. Well, if they would have looked a little bit more deeply, they would have found, uh, because they found it in January of 2017, that the subsource for Christopher Steele's dirty dossier, well, even the New York Times acknowledges was likely Russian disinformation from the beginning, but they treated her possible Uh, alliances with foreign countries very, very differently. Here's some of the things, just to take you down memory lane, then we'll invite Carter Page in to explain his horrific uh, ordeal that he's been through. Uh, His book, by the way, is on Amazon.com, Abuse and Power, How an Innocent American Was Framed in an Attempted Coup Against the President. But listen to what the likes of Comey and others were saying. Where does Carter Page go, the target of these FISA warrants and surveillance? Where does he go to get his reputation back? It's a great question. Carter Page was treated unfairly, most significantly by his name being made public. He's a United States citizen, and it never should have been made public, and that's an outrage. Does your report vindicate Mr. Comey? It doesn't vindicate anyone at the FBI who touched this, including the leadership. The IG says you should feel no vindication. Well, maybe it turns upon how we understand the word. Total confidence that the FISA process was followed and that the entire case was handled in a thoughtful, responsible way by DOJ and the FBI. We identified significant inaccuracies and omissions in each of the four applications. Seven in the first application and a total of 17 by the final renewal application. 17 significant errors in the FISA process and you say that it was handled in a thoughtful and appropriate way. Yeah, he's right, I was wrong. 17 things that either should have been in the applications or at least discussed and characterized differently, it it was not acceptable. And so he's right, I was wrong. But you make it sound like you're a a bystander, an eyewitness. You were the director of the FBI while a lot of this was going on, sir. Sure. I'm responsible for that. That's why I'm telling you, I was wrong. I was overconfident as director in our procedures. In August of 2016, just two weeks into the investigation, the CIA tells the FBI that it actually has a relationship with Carter Page, that when he has these meetings with the Russians, he actually goes back and he tells the CIA about it. But you never tell the FISA court that. And in fact, in 2017, an FBI lawyer doctors a document. The CIA said, oh, Carter Page, he's a source. 
And he puts in the application, he's not a source. As director, you are responsible for this. I was responsible for this. You make it sound like it's not much. It's, no, no, it's, it's quite very a lot. important. It's very I mean, important. I mean, not a, sor- a source to not a source is a big deal. Remember how we got here. If you were still there and all of this came out and it turned out it happened on your watch, would you resign? No, I don't think so. Would you agree that the FISA court was also given false information by the FBI? I think that's fair. The FBI should have included, or at least pushed to the lawyers so they could make a decision, information that you just said. Horowitz concludes three separate teams made significant errors in four separate FISA applications on one of the FBI's most significant cases. These irregularities, these misstatements, these omissions were not satisfactorily explained. And I think that leaves open the possibility to infer bad faith. FBI is an honest, apolitical organization. Honest, apolitical organization. The 99% are, but not Mr. Higher Honor himself, James Comey. He was specifically warned repeatedly that you cannot trust this information. They omitted that Hillary paid for it. They used the bulk of what was unverified Russian propaganda and misinformation. Hillary Clinton paid for it as the only means, even even Yates and McCabe and others admit, without that dirty Russian disinformation dossier paid for by Hillary, there is no FISA spying warrant on Carter Page to spy on candidate Trump, transition team Trump, and then, of course, President Trump, deep into his presidency. Carter Page's new book, as I mentioned, Abuse and Power, How an Innocent American Was Framed in an Attempted Coup Against the President. Well, um, I think that interview is very hard-hitting by Chris Wallace, and I think, but his lackadaisical answers, well, I take take responsibility How was your life like for that year of being spied on, uh, Carter? Well, Sean, I think in summary, I I mean, the bottom line, and I think for the reasons you've described, I was falsely accused, right? And I was accused of being a traitor. Unfortunately, these people that you're referring to, they're the real traitors. You know, you're you're absolutely right. I've, I've been greatly fortunate to work with incredible people in the FBI and the CIA over over many, many years. But, you know, again, the 99% are great patriotic Americans, but unfortunately, there are some serious problems in key places within those strategic organizations of the U.S. intelligence community. And so, I mean, unfortunately, there there was traitorous activities that that were committed. And so I, I think, you know, bottom line, what was done to me should should never be allowed to occur or we're all going to be at risk. You know, I mean, these people, they abuse their oath, right? They and they abuse, you know, as, as you correctly said, they they abused our Constitution. Right. And that's that's why I'm uh, I'm taking these important steps to start fighting back on behalf of all freedom loving Americans. Now, let's talk about uh, some more of the details. You describe how you were spied on why it could happen to any American citizen. Uh, and we now that they were told directly by the intelligence agencies that you're not the person that is being described as a traitor. Um, you, in other words, there was no reason to ever spy on you, ever. 
but it was a backdoor in, into all things Trump campaign transition and then presidency. Uh, that That is the, the horror in all of this, because you're right, this is an attempted coup. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just made a complete mockery of our justice system. And I think, you know, along the lines of what you have been on the front lines uncovering in your and uh, most recently in uh, in your book, uh, Live Free or Die, you know, you got a incredible chapter on this as well. And unfortunately, there's just a, uh, a lack of care for the truth. And I saw, you know, unfortunately, we saw that within the Justice Department and within the FBI. And so and I think as uh, the key element is that it's really harming countless innocent people, not exactly as you're saying, Sean, not just myself, but so many uh, Trump supporters during the uh, during the Trump campaign, during the uh, transition period and throughout the early years of the Trump administration. And I think uh, it's, it's hard to think of anyone who was anywhere near as heavily damaged as none other than President Trump himself, because he's really borne the brunt of this uh, amidst a lot of other lies by the mainstream media and their their colleagues in the Democrat Party. Well, I mean, that's that's the point. If this can happen and it happens again and those that abuse this power, those that were corrupt are not held accountable, why would they ever stop? But, you know, now you also go into detail about exhaustive, transparent cooperation with investigators and the Justice Department, more importantly, the people whose names we often mention. Uh, now we know forged evidence against you. Well, I think it's it's really the tip of the iceberg, unfortunately, Sean, because I have really been, uh, you know, th- that individual, uh, Kevin Kleinsmith, who uh, who just was uh, that charging document was unveiled uh, the day after, you know, you had you had breaking news uh, a couple Thursday nights ago. And sure enough, uh, with the with the attorney general and then the next day, uh, we we saw the uh, charge filed in uh, the district court in the District of Columbia. And that showed severe wrongdoing. But unfortunately, back in April 2017, my my lawyer actually had a number of conversations with Kevin Kleinsmith, and I think it goes beyond lying, and it put lives at risk. And for reasons and specific threats I was facing at the time, uh, we informed Mr. Kleinsmith, as well as the uh, counterintelligence agents that I had been in touch with, uh, about these national security threats. And unfortunately, in addition to all the dishonesty, they did nothing to uh, advance national security and personal security. So to me, that's that's one of the biggest tragedies. And as you're saying, this this can never happen again. All right. Our final moments coming up. The book is called Abuse and Power, How an Innocent American Was Framed in an Attempted Coup Against the President of the United States. Imagine if this was your life. You're illegally spied on for an entire year. Your civil rights ignored. Your constitutional rights ripped away from you after you put your life at risk abroad for many years to work with our intelligence community, well, to keep Americans safe. is a book, Abuse and Power, How an Innocent American Was Framed in an Attempted Coup Against the President. Have you ever spoken to the president? Never in my life, Sean. Wow. Now, who best knew you at, say, that three-letter agency you worked for? Uh, during the Bush administration quite high up. And how many years of your life did you do this? Quite a long time. 
In the inspector general report, they say 2008 to 2013, but it it definitely extended far beyond that in different capacities. They were talking about one element of my service, but I certainly helped in other ways as well previously. Well, thank you for your service. The book is, it's like a spy novel, except it's all true. How can an American citizen, a patriot, be spied on for a year based on Russian lies? And the media ignores it. Anyway, it's called Abuse and Power, How an Innocent American Was Framed in an Attempted Coup Against the President of the United States. Hannity.com, Amazon.com, and now in bookstores all around the country. Carter Page, thank you for being with us. Uh, This story needs to be studied so it can never happen again. Thank you, sir. Thank you for everything, Sean. All right. Um, And if you want, we have a link. uh, And if you if you like my book, get a copy of Carter Page's book. You're going to read this and be afraid for your country. That's how serious it is. Amazon.com. All right. When we come back, we'll check in with Steve Scalise. He is going to be speaking at the RNC tonight. Charlie Kirk also is going to check in. James O'Keefe battling the state of Oregon, the socialist utopia. We'll get to that much more as we continue. It is RNC night and our big plans we will announce first thing tomorrow when we come on this program. And they're big. That's all I can say. Hannity.com for all electoral map information as well. Straight ahead. There are many inaccuracies about my actions that I wish to again correct. First, I did not direct the removal of blue collection boxes or the removal of mail processing equipment. Second, I did not direct the cutback on hours at any of our post offices. And finally, I did not direct the elimination or any cutback in overtime. I did, however, suspend these practices to to remove any misperceptions about our commitment to delivering the nation's election mail. Any further assertions by the media or elected officials is furthering a false narrative to the American people. I'm tempted to ask, after 240 years of patriotic service delivering the mail, how can one person screw this up in just a few weeks? Now, I understand you bring private sector expertise. I guess we couldn't find a government worker who could screw it up this fast. It would take them a while. The president is running this post office like a business, like he said. He's running it into the ground as he has declared bankruptcy a few times on his own businesses. In an effort to apply the facts, the real facts, not the, not the alternative facts, based on what you have actually done, one can only reach, as a fact finder, we can only reach two conclusions. One, either through gross incompetence, you have ended the 240-year history of delivering the mail reliably on time, or the second conclusion that we could gather is that you're doing this on purpose, and that you're deliberately dismantling this once proud tradition. The gentleman's time has expired. The gentleman may answer his question. My, my last Thank question you. is this. Thank you. What uh, the heck uh, are you doing? Campaign contributions well, are legal, so all your campaign I'm contributions fully aware are legal. Of what, I'm fully aware of ca- legal contra- campaign contributions. Well, what if and you're I resent the assertion, sir. What well, are you accusing me of? Well, I'm asking a question. Do your mail delays fit Trump's campaign goal of hurting the post office, as stated in his tweets? Are your mail delays implicit campaign contributions? These types of questions. I'm here here to represent the Postal Service. It has nothing to do with all my actions have to do with improvement into the Postal Service. Am I the only one in this room that understands that we have a $10 billion a year loss? Right. Am I the only will, one in this will room you that give this committee, Will you give this committee up? your communications with Mark Meadows, with 
Treasury Secretary Mnuchin okay, with the president. Mr. DeJoy, is your backup plan to be pardoned like Roger Stone? Oh, God. <laughs> Pitiful. You have two seconds to answer the question. I have no comments on that. Just despicable, disgusting, but typical, isn't it? We saw that was a postmaster general going before just nothing but but utter hostility. Now, the issue is taken on urgency of mail-in ballots uh, by the Democrats. They must not have a lot of confidence in the ability of their ever frail and weak candidate, Joe Biden, running on the most radical agenda of any major party candidate in the history of the country. Uh, if if now they're withholding covid relief monies uh, because of issues uh, involving, well, we need mail in ballots unless we get mail. Oh, OK, so people will starve and businesses will go under. Uh, but we're going to hold out for that and open borders because that's exactly what they've done. They, they went back. They went home. They went on vacation after rejecting the president's offer to increase spending for the Postal Service by $10 billion. By the way, their annual deficit. And then the president having to act to help out Americans still suffering because of COVID, residual COVID economic impacts in, in areas with unemployment benefits that he had to do on his own through executive order. This is, this is now their next conspiracy theory. You can hear it. The Postal Service did it. Do you want to be Roger Stone? It's not just, it is such a disservice what they, they will do. They will say anything. The same people lying about Russia, Russia, Russia. The people that claiming they cared about Russian interference, but never uttered a single word about the bought and paid for dirty Russian dossier that Hillary paid for. Likely Russian disinformation from the get go. They were warned before the first FISA application was even signed. Don't trust it. It's not verified. Turns out it's unverifiable, completely bunk bogus. And Hillary paid for it. They didn't tell the judge that either. Uh, And lastly, Christopher Steele had a huge anti-Trump political agenda. They don't care about that. They say they care about obstruction. They didn't care about Hillary's subpoenaed emails being deleted. Hard drives with bleach pit. Hammers to devices. They say they care about quids and pros and quos, but not Joe Biden on tape uh, leveraging a billion taxpayer dollars and saying to Ukraine, you're not getting a billion dollars unless you fire the prosecutor who's investigating my son, who's making millions with zero experience in oil, gas, energy and Ukraine. Never mind the $1 billion deal with the Bank of China that became a $1.5 billion deal. They lie. They spew hatred, conspiracy theories, smears, slander, and a level of viciousness and character assassination that is unprecedented. It's all about power. That's what's on the ballot in 71 days. They want power. The way they're trying to get it is offering you everything for free. You got free education, pre-K, through college, student loan forgiveness, free guaranteed government job at a guaranteed government wage with guaranteed government vacations and guaranteed government healthy food and guaranteed uh, government health care. How did 
how many millions lost their doctors, millions lost their plans, and we're all paying about 200% more. You're going to trust them this time? You know, guaranteed retirement. Yeah, but they literally, the this lockbox for Social Security was raided. They robbed it. It's empty. They squandered that money all for power. This is what's at stake in 71 days. Joining us now, Steve Scalise. He's the House Republican whip. Uh, by the way, he would be one of the speakers tonight at the RNC as they, they kick off tonight. As my show begins on TV, on Hannity, on Fox 9 Eastern. Uh, Congressman, good to have you back. Thank you for being with us. Sean, always great to be with you. Okay, let's start with the, the this. Let's first start with the treatment of the United States Postmaster General. It's just disgraceful, Sean. I mean, it's a repeat of the Attorney General Barr hearing where they literally just slander him, throw false innuendos out there, fake accusations like they always do. And then as soon as he's trying to respond and defend his good name, they reclaim our time and I'm not going to let you talk. And, you know, what cowards, what a coward to literally sit there and lie about a person to their face. And then you invited him, by the way. And then when it's an opportunity for them to just defend themselves and point out that these Democrats are lying, they pull it back and they say, no, you can't talk. I won't let you talk. Well, you, you know, they must have been the bullies that tried to beat up on kids in school. I mean, it's disgraceful. It's who they are. They will do anything and burn down the foundations of our country to get power in November. Uh, everybody ought to be paying attention to this. Anybody who's not sure they're going to vote, by the way, the postmaster general made it very clear. Uh, he's he, they're going to be able to have the, you know, the election take place and deliver ballots like they always have. They've got more than enough money to go through the middle of next year if they don't get another dime. So this idea that you need to throw $25 more billion at them, uh, they literally have a line of credit of $10 billion that they can't even access because they have too much money in the bank. They have over $15 billion in the bank. There are businesses that are suffering right now about to close down, families struggling right now. We should have been there Saturday to help those families and those small businesses. But that's not who Pelosi cares about. She didn't give them a dime. She wants to try to create a scandal where there's not one because their candidate has no agenda. Joe Biden literally last week couldn't tell you what he stands for. They're 47 years, by the way, he's not done any of the things that he's going to say he's going to do. What President Trump has done in just 47 months is phenomenal at rebuilding the greatest economy we've seen. We're in the middle of COVID. He's working, by the way, right now to get a vaccine approved in a revolutionary pace that we haven't seen before. And then we're going to rebuild the economy again. And that's the case. We By have the way, we are rebuilding the economy again. Clear. The economy is showing signs of, of growth that nobody anticipated. Yeah. And they're trying to talk that down too. They, you know, they're trying to keep school systems shut. Uh, they're trying to uh, close in in a lot of these States. They, they will not stand up, Sean, to the lawlessness, the riots that are going on in many cities where they've been defunding police Joe Biden literally is trying to talk. Congressman, you're not listening to your colleague, Jerry Nadler. It's a myth. They didn't even mention it last week. They didn't mention it. And for four straight days, they lie and just like act like because it's all happening in their cities that have been run by liberal Democrats for decades. They control all of this where you've had police brutality, even where you've had dirty cops. You know, go look at Chauvin's record, by the way. It wasn't the first time that he was a dirty cop. But who let him off? It was Democrats that let him off. Uh, They didn't care about it back then. Uh, But if you look at what President Trump is doing, he stands with law enforcement. Uh, He's been creating opportunities for everybody. We saw the lowest unemployment in the history of our country for African-Americans and Hispanics under President Trump. And who better to bring that back again, to rebuild that, to recreate and rebuild our middle class that evaporated under Joe Biden. 
Go look at where our jobs were going when Joe Biden was in the White House with uh, Barack Obama. They were going to countries like China, who he coddled. Look at what Russia was doing. When Russia interfered with our election, Joe Biden literally with a straight face last Thursday night said he won't let Russia interfere with our elections. Russia interfered with our elections when Joe Biden was in the White House with Barack Obama. They let it happen, maybe because they've got such close ties to Russia, to China. Uh, They let Iran get a nuclear weapon. President Trump just got a deal that he helped negotiate just a few days ago where the United Arab Emirates, a Muslim country, the first time in 25 years, signed a deal to have relations with Israel, standing with our friends, creating great results and bringing us closer to the ability to have peace in the Middle East than we've ever had before, because other Muslim nations, by the way, now want to be a part of this peace agreement that President Trump helped negotiate So just because the press and the mainstream media doesn't cover it doesn't mean it didn't happen. President Trump's delivering. He, you know, and you've talked about this a lot. He ran on very specific things. He's delivering on those things for those forgotten men and women that Washington left behind that people like Jerry Nadler wouldn't even care about. Uh, He would trample over those people, and he is trying to trample over those people, hold on to power. It's disgusting. Uh, People need to be aware of what's going on, and they need a vote in November. Uh, And they'll be able to vote just once, (laughs) but they'll be able to vote. We've chronicled this. They have found 1,088 proven instances of voter fraud. That is a lot of voter fraud. 949 criminal convictions. Uh, Just to give you the, the, the quick list here. You know, the the Philadelphia uh, fraud case uh, where Democratic congressmen stuffing ballots. New Jersey was involved in a mail-in ballot scheme that was exposed. Uh, Another recent case, including a city council member and a city councilman-elect, they've now been charged uh, with fraud there. West Virginia mail carrier uh, nabbed in a mail-in ballot scheme. Uh, California on and on. Sean, look, it does. I was a state rep in Louisiana. We sent our elections commissioner to jail for stealing votes. He went to jail. We finally cleaned up the office and moved it into the secretary of state. So you can't, couldn't just have a political hack running it in a way where Democrats could steal elections. And it was a Democrat, by the way. I know the media would never want to report that. He was a Democrat and he went to jail as the commissioner of elections. I mean, it's how I can show you cases of voting fraud if you allow it to happen. It can happen. If you mail ballots, by the way, to every single person on a voting roll, you probably have 15 percent of people who just move around and change addresses. Ballots, literally millions of ballots will just be sitting around. And I'm sure, you know, nobody go look in California three weeks after the election. They were still counting ballots until six Democrats flipped seats uh, from Republican to Democrat because they counted ballots for weeks after the election. Steve Scalise, thanks for being with us. 800-941-SHAWN is our toll-free telephone number. Don't forget, Amazon.com, live free or die. If you haven't gotten your copy, it is on sale, 40% off again today. Uh, Costco's, Walmart, Target, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, all heavily discounted, which we're very happy about. And uh, again, had, had to be horrible for the New York Times this Sunday to print yet again. Hannity. Number one, New York Times bestseller. Thank you for making that happen. But more importantly, let's win in 71 days. Sean Hannity's new book is now available. Live free or die in stores and online everywhere. And live free or die, number one. Well, actually, I got the paper from a friend because I just refused to buy the New York Times. 
I just refuse it because it had in there live free or die was number one. Did you see it, Linda, by any chance? Or you of don't course. buy the paper? Did you buy it? You, please tell me. How much is the New York Times now? $4 on a Sunday? I got um, a copy. Yeah. Had a friend. You, so you didn't pay for it. Good. I try not to give my money to socialists. I, yeah, I try not to give my money to companies that lie. Uh, the only problem is they couldn't lie here. It's, no, they can't. You, know, we, you have to win by an overwhelming margin like of a thousand if you're a conservative, especially a Hannity conservative that's hated by the New York Times. By the way, the feeling is mutual. Anyway, thank you for making that happen. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. News Roundup and Information Overload Hour. Uh, as we have been going over, it is day one of the Republican National Convention. We've gone over what the themes are, what the plans for a second term are, uh, and probably what, what is so uniquely different besides both those things. What are you going to do except if you're a Democrat? Hate Donald Trump. What else are you going to do? Hate him more. Okay, what are your plans? Well, we're going to hide it, but we've really stated it, which is Bolshevik Bernie's economic plan, radical socialism now mainstream in this new extreme radical democratic socialist party. Uh, then we're going to spend trillions on the Green New Deal. And then we're going to have, if you think Bolshevik Bernie is the economics are as bad, then you've got the vice presidential candidate, Kamala Harris, is now to the left of Bernie in terms of real voting. The most radical left senator in Washington, D.C., as of now and all last year, for example. Uh, then you got, of course, she says by executive fiat, we'll get rid of guns. And she's the one that said shouldn't have private health insurance even as an option. Uh, executive order to get rid of guns, uh, co-sponsor of the new Green Deal madness, co-sponsor of Medicare for all madness, uh, and then top it off with Beto Bozo O'Rourke as the guns are. Hell yeah, we're coming for, hell yeah, we're coming for your AK-47s and we're coming for this weapon. I guess whatever they decide weapon. You think there's going to be a little slippery slope there? Uh, I think so. So on top of the agenda, which I went over earlier today, the RNC uh, theme is Honoring the great American story as the land of promise, the land of opportunity, the land of heroes, and the land of greatness. There wasn't a lot of talk about American goodness, greatness, exceptionalism uh, at all. And by the way, I doubt they'll be ignoring the rioting that's been going on all over the country, especially in cities run by decades for liberal Democrats, by liberal Democrats. Anyway, let's go to uh, this ridiculous interview we discussed earlier today, how Joe Biden would shut down the country. Well, he's a genius. Funniest thing is, Mike Pence just destroyed him when he said, yeah, he said he's going to do this, 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 and this. Yeah, we did all of that. Plus the president's travel ban after the first 10 days uh, the first identified coronavirus came into this country 10 days later, then subsequent travel bans. And then, of course, the first quarantine, what, 50, 60 years. Uh, then Joe's saying he plans on serving eight years as president. What will that bring him to, 86 or 7? Well, okay. He, he really looks strong now, doesn't he? He doesn't look weak and frail. My eyes are deceiving me, just like the, the violence in big liberal cities, Jerry Nadler says, are a myth. And then Biden said, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, you ain't black thing remark. What about uh, his comments about he didn't want his kids with it in the integrated schools that would become a racial jungle? Huh. Well, what about uh, Kamala Harris defending Biden's comment? Let's go back to the tape from yesterday. One of the questions we asked, would you shut down the country again if there's a second wave? And if the scientists said that's what we need to do. 
If you're sworn in come January and we have coronavirus and the flu combining, which many scientists have said is a real possibility, would you be prepared to shut this country down again? I would be prepared to do whatever it takes to save lives because we cannot get the country moving until we control the virus. That is the fundamental flaw of this administration's thinking to begin with. In order to keep the country running and moving and the economy growing and people employed, you have to fix the virus. You have to deal with the virus. So if the scientists say, shut it down? I would shut it down. I would listen to the scientists. Let's put the attacks aside then. The American people remember Ronald Reagan was 77 when he left office. You would be 78 entering office. And you have said yourself that you are a transition candidate. Does that mean a one-term president? What does that no, mean? No, it doesn't mean. So you're leaving open the possibility you'll serve eight years if you get elected. Absolutely. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for the African-American community. We have the eighth largest black population in America. I work in the east side, six blocks from here, which is virtually all African-American. I had a good job with a well-known law firm, and I quit and became a public defender. But here's the point. I shouldn't have said that. But I was trying to make the point that this is a man who spent his entire career denigrating African-Americans. But the truth is, there's a fundamental difference between Donald Trump and me on the issue of race across the board. I'm not going to I'm, I'm not going to try to divide people. It's all about bringing people together. So when you have a running mate who makes a comment like you ain't black, leads some people to say he just doesn't get it. Have you been able to speak truth to him about that? Listen, when Joe and I talked about the state of black America, he has a deep sense of awareness and knowledge about racial disparities, inequities, and systematic racism. And Joe speaks the words and actually knows how to say the words, black lives matter. Contrary to what the President of the United States, the current President of the United States does, which is to sow hate and division full time and has never spoken those words and will never speak the words Black Lives Matter. You can talk to Joe. He has been outspoken on those issues. And I know where his heart is. All right. Joining us now to discuss. And by the way, got to give a lot of credit to our friend Charlie Kirk. He's the founder. He's the president of uh, Turning Point USA. It's the largest, fastest growing conservative student organization advocating for free speech on on college and even high school campuses. Uh, He had a number one bestseller, New York Times, out fairly recently, the MAGA Doctrine. Uh, He will be one of the speakers tonight at the RNC and uh, certain that the president is going to win re-election. I I always, you know, I'm Irish. I'm, you know, I'm just we're at with two minute drill. We're down by six. You know, we got your ball at your own 20, no timeouts. You got to march down 80 yards, uh, march down the field 80 yards, cross the plane, kick the extra point. But um, I'm listening to this. Wow, a very different Kamala Harris uh, on ABC than the one that kicked the living crap out of Joe Biden for being friends with, oh, let's see, uh, the guy that filibustered the Civil Rights Act and joined with Joe Biden to stop integration to prevent his own kids from going to schools that will be racial jungles, Joe Biden's word. How are you, Charlie? I'm doing great. Thank you, Sean, and uh, congratulations on the success of your book. And It's a big week this week, and I think the president's going to do quite well in contrast to the, the mess of the Democrat convention last week. Honored to be with you. 
Well, let's start with Kamala and the double standard, because, I mean, oh, now that I'm a vice president, of course I don't care what you said and your actions and the people you praised that were virulent, racist, former Klan's members. Right, exactly. I mean, look, Senator Harris was the number one critic of Joe Biden last summer. I mean, the kind of the top moment of her presidential campaign was when she turned to Joe Biden and she said, that little girl was me. And she was she was trying to create an entire presidential campaign around convincing, you know, the entire Democrat primary population, the voting population, that Joe Biden was kind of a racist sympathizer. And now she's trying to make the argument that Joe Biden is the exact opposite of that. And when she is challenged, she was challenged in a recent interview. She said, oh, that was just a debate. So I guess for her, she can just say whatever she wants whenever she wants to. It's nothing but transactional politics. And look, it's an incredible double-sided, double standard and double, you know, standard, a double-sided nature of this, as you said. And I think that in a lot of different ways, it doesn't really motivate the Democrat base because she is not well-liked amongst base voters at all. And it certainly doesn't win over swing voters in the Midwest that Democrats are struggling tremendously with. So we watched last week. What did we see? They ignored that violence and riots and looting and and mayhem and anarchy is is all over, you know, cities like New York and Chicago and Portland and Seattle and L.A. and San Francisco. They, They ignored that part. Uh, they they tried to mostly cover their agenda. Bolshevik Bernie was honest. AOC was honest. And even to a certain extent, Biden was honest because he brought them all in. They're part of his A-team. So, but, and then, of course, no talk of American greatness, exceptionalism. Uh, isn't that going to be the most glaring difference uh, this week versus last? No doubt, Sean. This will be a celebration of America this week. And last week, it just felt like a very depressing indictment of the greatest country ever to exist in the history of the world. I think Americans have already been kind of maxed out of how they they just maxed out of the negativity. I mean, it's been a tough six or seven months in our country. And I think the Republicans and President Trump have an amazing opportunity to communicate the exceptionalism and the greatness that we have in this country. And I also think it's really interesting what you mentioned, because the Democrats are stumbling over their own message. Just recently over the weekend, President Obama said to a reporter, I think from The New Yorker, that there really is no policy difference between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, that they're actually the same when it comes to policy. Uh, That is a huge difference from some of the convention messaging that we saw last week, uh, where kind of a lot of former Republicans were trying to say, oh, go vote for Joe Biden. He is really a moderate Democrat. When in reality, we know that he is nothing more than a puppet for the most radical elements of the Democrat Party. Well, I think that that is I mean, that's the so that that, that's their little secret here. Number one, we'll we'll ignore that he has uh, we'll we'll fake people into believing he has the strength and the stamina, mental acuity and alertness. Well, he read through the whole speech, full 15 minutes of it, the shortest ever. Um, and, um, but he, and he got through it. What are you talking about? Look how bright he is. Well, you know, we already have all the tapes that show the opposite. Uh, he's done what he's had 34 questions leading into last night's interview. President thousands of questions every day. He's out there answering questions, giving information. So the question is, can a ghost win a ghost who surrounded himself and has a stated agenda of radical socialism. I, I argue, Charlie, the most extreme uh, ticket in terms of positions of a major party in history. That's exactly right. And you also have the base of the party that is basically bragging that they are going to be able to manipulate Joe Biden 
to do all of their policy wishes. Senator Elizabeth Warren and many others, including the radical communist Angela Davis, came and said that a week and a half ago or said, well, we're going to vote for Joe Biden because we know that we can use him as a vessel to put forward our radical agenda. And this is everything from energy independence to firearms, Second Amendment, religious liberty and freedom, freedom of speech. The judges that Joe Biden still hasn't said that he'll appoint to the Supreme Court if he wins. And yeah, that, that is, that's really what this election is all about. Can someone who doesn't campaign and just merely barely exists as a political candidate, can he win? And I'm not betting on that. I think that the person who is bold and courageous, active, and is traveling the country, communicating clearly and confidently to the American people, I think that that person is much more likely to win. I think that the president's numbers are trending in the right direction. And I believe that if this convention is what I've been told it is, and, you know, based on my small role in it, I believe that this will be a celebration of this country, something that middle-class Midwestern voters have really been looking for. And the Democrats missed a huge opportunity last week. And I think that the president's going to really succeed favorably politically because of how he communicates to the American people this week. All right, Charlie Kirk, uh, president, Turning Point USA, uh, a great opportunity for you tonight. We will be watching, number one. Number two, thank you for very courageously going into very hostile environments and spreading the the word that socialism is in the answer. Uh, and li- listen, it's a risk for any conservative, outspoken conservative on any college campus. I never thought that would happen in America, but it's uh, very important work you're doing. And we wish you the best and we admire your courage. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Sean. God bless you. Thank you so much. All right. As we continue, you know, these are amazing times where we're looking at what did we see last week? And we're going to get to your calls. We have a quick update, though. Uh, Our friend from Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, has now taken a case to the courts in Oregon. We're going to find out what this is all about. Then we're going to get to your calls in the next half hour. Uh, The most amazing thing last week, the, the riots, it's like they don't exist. Oh, our own eyes must be deceiving us. They talk about in, you know, it's all hate and rage Trump. There was not a moment that I can think of that was uplifting, inspiring, talking about American goodness, greatness, exceptionalism, about what they're going to do. Well, this week, you're going to get a lot of talk about American greatness and American exceptionalism, real specific information on jobs and COVID and ending reliance on China and healthcare and education and protecting our borders, cleaning the swamp, and innovation for the future. Wow. So we're going to watch all of this and telling, honoring the great American story as told by great Americans. Pretty cool. Anyway, so our coverage it begins tonight as I come on the air at 9 Eastern. We hope you'll set your DVR. We'll take a quick break. James O'Keefe, your calls 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, Hannity.com, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Amazon 40% off. Live free or die. America and the world on the brink. You decide in 71 days. Live free or die. America and the world on the brink. 25 now till the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls here in just a second. 800-941-SEAN. The RNC officially kicks off as soon as you see my face at 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Uh, day one with actual, well, a real actual agenda and real truth talk, talked about American greatness, goodness, Safety, real plans, uh, free market plans for health care and energy and border security and you name it. Pretty much the opposite of everything last week. Our, our friends at Project Veritas uh, and then, of course, is their CEO and founder. That would be James O'Keefe is now taking a course to the uh, a, a case to the courts 
uh, as it relates to uh, socialist utopia known as Oregon. And they made a First Amendment history when they in the state of Massachusetts. Now they're doing it in Oregon and they're suing the state of Oregon tomorrow to remove the unconstitutional law criminalizing the kind of corruption exposing journalism, which is critical. That was freedom of the press, isn't it? Uh, especially right now, because Oregon is now standing at odds with the majority of states uh, in the country. And with decades of Supreme Court rulings, they're challenging the Oregon's undercover journalism ban that's found in specifically Section 165.540, um, which names the uh, a local district attorney and, uh, and others as two of the defendants. Anyway, here to explain this, suit because it's critical, is James O'Keefe himself. Sir, how are you? I'm interested in what this is about because you won the last time. Thank you, Sean. I'm actually in Portland right now outside the, oh, lucky you. the press conference. So I'm, there's Antifa. Uh, I'm, I'm actually in a car right now, but there's Antifa that surrounded us. And we filed a lawsuit here in uh, Portland to overturn the, re- the anti-recording law. It, it's prohibited for us to use hidden cameras in the state of Oregon. And, of course, that's what we do in order to expose these people. They, they can't know that they're being recorded. So Oregon has a law that says you have to inform someone if you're going to record them. We think that's unconstitutional. So this morning... We, we, we filed a lawsuit in, in Portland, Oregon. We actually walked into the courthouse. The U.S. Marshal let us in, and we sued the um, district attorney here, Michael Schmidt. And, uh, Sean, we did successfully overturn the Massachusetts law, and now we can work there. So we've, we've been on a, on a roll with all these lawsuits that we win, and we think this is a no-brainer, that Oregon should allow Project Veritas to go into these riots and protests undercover, record Antifa, and that's why we're here, and we think we're going to be successful. Uh, sounds like a great suit. Okay. What's the process? How long does it take? Anything in the court seems to go on in perpetuity, doesn't it? Well, it took us about three, three years in Massachusetts. Um, and we were, we were very successful. I mean, we, it took us, it took us a while. Uh, I actually sued the FBI, Sean, uh, uh, two weeks ago because they put me on an, an illicit felons list and that was adjudicated in one week. So we think this is an open shut case. We, we think that there are there are 12 states or so that uh, that make it so that you, you you cannot record someone unless there's an expectation of privacy. Uh, and we think these laws basically indemnify the guilty. They they are set up to protect fraud and corruption. So we, we took us three years in in, uh, in Massachusetts. We're doing this in Oregon. We're all, we also intend to do it in Maryland. We you know maybe it'll go to the Supreme Court. But but we think that undercover journalism right now is really, really important, Sean. We got investigators in, in, in different states exposing ballot harvesting and voter fraud, riots and violence. I mean, there's no there's no such thing as the press anymore. So Project Veritas is one of the only organizations in the country actually trying to find out what's going on. We just can't work in the state of Oregon. And the process is we filed this complaint. We've sued the district attorney. And and uh, it's going to go through a process for a year or two to, to get this overturned. Yeah, well, look, keep us up to date. I just wanted to mention that this is happening. This this hopefully will become another landmark case because, if, you know, it's amazing when the media mob, um, when they print all the false information, their false undercover, you know, work is exposed. Uh, no problem. Project Veritas does it. 
it's always, you know, an army of lawyers, and you haven't lost a case yet by my count, have you? Yeah, Project Veritas has not lost a lawsuit. We've won eight straight lawsuits. In fact, most recently, people that sued us for recording them, um, they have had to pay us $100,000 in fees. Uh, because the truth is, Sean, like what we stand for is so fundamental. Just first amendment, like, uh, ability to the ability to record someone when you're in a conversation with them is so fundamentally tied to your ability to speak to, to, to the first amendment. Here, it goes back to principles of the American founding and even before that, Cicero. It's about the ability to to tell people what you see. And in Massachusetts, that was considered such a fundamental human right. The federal judge said as much. And, uh, Sean, we got some big stories coming out uh, in early September. Uh, the president says there's evidence of mail-in fraud, ballot harvesting. We've got the evidence. We're, we're gathering that evidence. And it's because of hidden cameras in places yeah. like North Carolina and Minnesota and these other places that we're operating. So stay tuned, America. Because Veritas tips at ProtonMail.com. Veritas tips at ProtonMail. If you are an inside whistleblower, you want to – get equipped we are going to help you tell these stories because there's no one else to tell them all right james o'keefe thanks so much thanks for keeping us updated good luck and if you're in portland i'd stay very safe i hope you have a lot of people around you because uh it's getting a little nuts out there every second of the day uh all right thank you 800-941-SEAN rnc starts uh just as hannity goes on the air nine eastern we've got great things planned for the rest of the week that's all i can say right now i wish i could say more i can't uh, all right, let's go to the ever-important swing state of Florida, which is critical in 71 days. It's always critical on Election Day, and Jim is standing by. Jim, hi, how are you? We're glad you called. Hi, Sean. Uh, this is Jim. Uh, hey, uh, you know, the thing is, I'll go back four years ago. And uh, to where we were with the RNC convention four years ago when Trump was nominated, I'm a big Ted Cruz fan. I was a big Ted, Ted Cruz supporter at the time. And uh, I, I, what I would like to see is that this, uh, the, the RNC come to heel, you know, because at that time it wasn't very pretty between uh, Ted Cruz supporters and Trump supporters. Since that time, I think the majority, I speak for the majority of uh, Ted Cruz supporters that say Trump has far uh, gone beyond our expectations as far as uh, holding up his uh, conservative values and, and doing what we expected Ted Cruz to do in the office. And uh, we expect him, Ted Cruz, at some f- future date possibly to be president and to do the same. But at this time, it's, uh, it's Donald Trump's period. And we need him in office going forward to beat this uh, the leftists back. And uh, so what I'd love to see is during the RNC convention that uh, Ted Cruz and, and his beautiful wife, uh, Heidi, uh, it, it come out and support Donald Trump and his you know, the, the conservative agenda going forward. And uh, we have to be one. We have to be uh, consolidated going forward. Uh, to beat back the, the leftists that we're confronted with, with the Biden. Listen, I've always liked Ted Cruz, and, and I know that Ted, I mean, he had a very contentious, and which is often the case, battle with the president um, in 2015 and 16. Uh, but Ted Cruz has been a, uh, t- Ted has taken it to another gear. 
Um, both his approach, his his relationship with the president, his standing on all of those conservative principles that he's always shared. And you know what? It really has to be that way. Republicans are not like the Democrats. Republicans, they splinter. Republicans, they have uh, intramural fighting. Republicans don't always unite. And, and it's so frustrating because you, you notice Democrats and the medium, they never lose their lockstep. They speak with one voice, and that is, hey, Trump, not the, the riots don't exist. Let's use COVID uh, in the sense, the political sense. Joe, what would you do differently? Everything he mentions is exactly what Donald Trump has done and the task force has done. Now, it, the only new thing is we're going to shut down the economy again. Um, it's all hands on deck to me, uh, Jim. I think it's all on the line. This is why I wrote Live Free or Die. America and the world on the brink, and you're the ultimate jury. And it's only 71 short days. It is going to fly by. Mark my words. Uh, another swing state. Brian in Pennsylvania. Brian, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Do the people in your state know that Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, their stated agenda to ban fracking do they have any idea the the dramatic financial, economic impact, loss of job impact it would it would take in terms of the toll on Pennsylvania? Oh, you know what, Sean? We're losing a lot of businesses around here right now, and I don't think that's going to go over well uh, with the voters here in Pennsylvania. I'm one of those businesses who's about to shut their doors. I don't know how I'm going to feed my family, let alone keep the doors open in the next couple of months, especially. If Biden gets elected um, now, if we know that this this melon voting is a way to undermine our election and suppress the voters voice, how, how we how do we stop that? What's the pro, what's what's the prognosis of this? You know, how do we go about stopping this if they know that it's a way to undermine this election? Well, I mean, it's everything that we can do. I mean, it, remember, a lot of these decisions are made on the state level. But this lie that is being told by both the media, remember that they're taking this now as their, their new conspiracy theory. What they did to the postmaster general last week, what they did, what, two weeks earlier to the attorney general. Um, it's, it's like they're setting up the next Russia, Russia. And, and why why were they willing to withhold funds the first time when we really needed COVID relief the most? Never mind this most recent time. It always comes down to, oh, we want open borders and we want to change the voting laws. Well, they and uh, no, there's negligible voting fraud. They lie. You know, I, I've chronicled 1,088 proven instances of voter fraud, 949 criminal convictions, voter fraud. I've given specific examples of voter fraud. Even mail-in voting fraud. And, you know, the idea that anyone would want anything less than a free, fair election, you know, shouldn't that should be everything every American unites on. If I was at the DNC last week, like I've been all these many years I've been on TV, I guarantee you I would need a picture ID to get in the building where, in, in Milwaukee where they had originally planned on having this. I would not get in the door without that. But yet, you don't need the same checks and balances for voting. We already know what they did to impact the 2016 election. We already know they, they protected Hillary Clinton from being indicted. We already know that they ignored her dirty Russian dossier, actually used the phony 
Russian misinformation to spy on a candidate, Donald Trump. I don't trust any of them, and I don't trust the mob and the media to tell the truth either. How are the people in your state? Do they understand the impact of a Joe Biden presidency? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody. And I I live close to one of the plants that President Trump visited not too long ago. And people have migrated up from not only different states into Pennsylvania, but the people who have have lived here who are seasoned, seasoned Pennsylvanians, they know. They know that a Biden presidency would ruin this economy here in, in, in this, not only this county, but this state. So everyone that I've spoken to, they're, they're very optimistic. But yet, if you go down the street, you see Trump, Pence, signs all throughout the place. Well, I, you know, look at what happened in Scranton, all the people on the side of the road that were on the streets for <laughs> Donald Trump, right? I saw that. And what, he only lived there four years, right? That's not his hometown. Yeah, exactly. How many decades gone in? You know, and my father said Joey. He's been saying the Joey story for 50 years. Anyway, thanks for a good call. Appreciate it. We're counting on you. 71 short days. And uh, we're going to be relying and paying very close attention to the Pennsylvania call on election night where the people in Pennsylvania, you're the ultimate, ultimate jury. Same with Florida. Same with Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Same with Arizona. And equally important, Iowa, Ohio. Equally important, Georgia, North Carolina, New Hampshire. The congressional district number two in Maine. Every vote's going to matter here. You can see that they want every advantage possible. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. As always, thank you for being with us. Uh, Live free or die, America and the world on the brink. Again, thank you for making it number one. Amazon.com, 40% off, Hannity.com. Uh, Hannity tonight, as we come on the air, the RNC, the convention kicks off exactly 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. on the West Coast. Hope you'll set your DVR so you never miss an episode. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tonight at 9 uh, and back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.